0: Friendship isn't the big things, it's a million little things. Welcome friends to the A Million Little TV Shows podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I'll be delving into TV shows that I feel don't seem to get enough full love. Over the course of the pod, we'll break down episodes and talk about my thoughts and feelings on the shows. This episode we'll be dealing with A Million Little Things Season 1. The cast includes David Gentoli as Eddie, Romany Malco as Rome, Alison Miller as Maggie, Christina Moses as Gina, Christina Ochoa as Ashley, Grace Park as Catherine, James Roday as Gary, Stephanie Shostak as Galila, and Ron Livingston as John. And I apologise to any of those people whose names I got probably terribly wrong. So, welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be the second episode, but first in true American style, I suppose. We're going to have a little recap. So, here's what happened previously on a million little TV shows podcast. So, we've got a group of friends who have just lost... Their good friend John, who has completed suicide. I've been told that that is the term I should be using. John is married to D or Delilah, and things have been going wrong for them in their marriage. A good friend of theirs, Gary, has been going through chemo and has just come out and has found that he's in remission. He has met a woman, Maggie, who is who is another cancer patient who is refusing treatment. Another friend, Eddie, has been having an affair with Dee... ...behind both John's and Catherine's back. Catherine is his wife. They have a son named Theo. And then the final couple is Rome and Gina. Gina is starting a restaurant off the back of John's generosity. And Rome is clinically depressed. And on the night that John died, he almost killed himself as well. The final three characters are Ashley, who is John's assistant who has been hiding certain documents and files from everyone. There is Sophie, who is John's daughter, who is having a hard time dealing with her dad's death. And then there is Danny, who is having struggles with his own sexuality. Episode 5, The Game of Your Life. So we start the episode seeing that both Gina and Dee now have cleared the air, and things are a lot better between them. They're organising meetings about the restaurant. Later on, we see that they actually managed to get together to sort these issues out that they're having but d is called away due to the fact that sophie has got into a fight at school and she's punched a girl d goes down to the school and is sat with the principal when when the school decides to show compassion due to the circumstances of which sophie finds herself currently in when asked why sophie had done this she tells d that the girl had posted on a prayer group saying that john was burning in hell sophie gets suspended and Dee decides to take the day and stay with her daughter. She tries to do a bunch of fun things like eating junk, watching films, but Sophie's really angry. So Dee gets a boxing mannequin that... John once had and and decides that she's going to teach Sophie that there are better ways to deal with her anger. Sophie's religious beliefs are very important to her so hearing that her dad is burning in hell really affects her. Religion was a big thing for John and with suicide being a sin Sophie's worried that what has been said is true about John but Dee tries to reassure her that this isn't the case. So Gary and Maggie they go on a trip to a hot air balloon experience This is all in aid of Gary trying to coax Maggie into telling him about the treatment. Once they're there they have a picnic and they are sat having a chat and it's only then that Maggie realises that Gary has been speaking to Tom. She tells him that she doesn't want the cancer treatment and that she just wants to live her life, because there's no guarantees. Gary tries to convince her otherwise, and later on takes her to play basketball, where he thinks he has another great idea of they play to 21, and whoever wins gets the outcome that they want. Maggie says, if I win, don't ever mention treatment or my cancer to me again, and Gary says if he wins, she has to go for treatment. Gary doesn't know that Maggie is a former collegiate player, and she beats him after hustling for a while. He walks away angry at what's gone on, but later sees sense and tells her that he's in if she wants him there. Eddie's helping Theo try and get a costume ready for Theo's school play. When Catherine finds out that the school play is that morning, she's annoyed because she can't go she's in court all day and when she realises that she didn't get the email that confirmed the date change she was angry because Eddie is classed as the primary parent due to the fact that she has been so busy since he quit his band eddie decides to go to the guys for ideas on how to delay the play but to no avail they just keep trying to take the piss catherine tries to delay proceedings but the judge shoots her down by saying that we've all got other commitments but we're here catherine sees a hole in the tactics of the defense lawyers so she brings up some evidence that she knows that they'll have to go away and review thus delaying the trial until the week after eddie, on. On the other hand has found a way around to delay the play by asking the principal about certain aspects of the way that the school is currently run in front of a group of impassioned mothers so they start picking apart what's going wrong with the school as well helping eddie to delay the play which means that katherine makes it in time they sit and enjoy the book at the end even though eddie and Catherine have worked well as a team she realizes that she can't do this any longer and the next day they tell theo Rome goes to see the therapist that Maggie suggested. While in session, the therapist tells Rome that Rome sees himself as not being able to fail, but also that he has a right to be depressed and a right to be happy. He also asks him to go and speak to his family and see if there was any history of depression within it. Rome is put on antidepressants. Rome then visits his parents and while assisting his very independent father, who is portrayed as a very strong, no-nonsense, kind of attitude, he tells Rome that everyone gets sad. But then later on, we see Rome's mother reassuring him that even his dad gets sad at times. Towards the end, we see that Gary, Rome and Eddie find a pregnancy test at Rome's place. This immediately sets them all off, thinking that Rome has managed to get Gina pregnant. At this point, Rome freaks out a little, because... He's just quit his job. He's now got a depression and Gina is just starting this new venture with D. Later on in the episode he speaks to Gina about it and Gina reveals that the pregnancy test isn't hers. It's D's. Episode 6, Unexpected. The gang are all over at Gina and Rome's and they're going to be having a game night. Rome is freaking out because it feels like he's going to let slip about D. So he's trying his hardest not to. There's a lot of misunderstanding due to the fact that Gary thinks Gina is pregnant. So he tries to take some wine from her without revealing the secret. At the same time, Rome and Gina are doing the same thing when it comes to Dee because they know she's actually pregnant. Rome also can't drink because he's on antidepressants. So in the room, Gina is pretending to be pregnant, so can't drink. Rome can't drink because of his antidepressants. Eddie doesn't drink because he's an alcoholic. And D can't drink because of her pregnancy, after a little bit of pressing from the guys about what is going to happen with Gina, Rome blurts out that it's not Gina who's pregnant, and instantly D takes Eddie to one side to tell him that the child isn't his, and that the child is John's. The next morning, Gina's mum shows up out of the blue since we see that d and since we see that D and Gina are finding it difficult to get funding. ...for the restaurant... ...due to the fact that... ...Gina's previous restaurant... ...shut down... ...because she wasn't paying the bills... ...this is a, a bone of contention with her mother... ...her mum offers to help... ...but because things are so tense... ...Gina refuses... ...Gina's mom finds something in the house... ...which is a... ...baby-related item... ...which Rome throws off as... ...just being for... ...their friend... ...but Gina's mom, Shelley interrogates more, and finds that Rome is open to having kids. Shelley seems to want to push them towards children, but Rome asks her not to. We see that Gina reveals later to her mother that she doesn't want kids, and that she feels that Rome is on the same page. But her mother keeps nagging her. This leads Gina to give some home truths to her mother, and her mother walks away. Gina also finds Rome's suicide note, And while she's freaking out about it, Rome tells her he doesn't know what to do sometimes. He just gets sad, and she assures him that they're in it together. Ashley is still trying to sort out John's things, including closing some deals and getting certain things over the line. While speaking to Dee, she asks about Barbara Morgan, and Dee has no clue who she is it's also at this time that Dee lets slip that she's pregnant. Ashley decides to go and do some investigating of her own and she finds that John has a PO box. When she finds it, she finds a lot of overdue letters in John's name. Catherine is going out of town for work and Eddie has a gig so Maggie offers to look after Theo. Theo seems to suffer from night terrors so during a bad episode, Gary decides to take Theo to the concert to see his dad perform. Eddie's having a particularly bad time of it and is really nervous about getting back on stage. But as soon as he sees Theo, he remembers why he's doing this and Eddie smashes it. After Dee sees Ashley, she makes a decision that she wants to get rid of the baby. She calls Gary and gets him to come over and take her to the clinic. Throughout the whole procedure, She seems distraught and devastated by the whole affair. Every time someone comes out of the theatre, Gary stands up, thinking it's going to be Dee. The time that it is, Dee walks out, and you can't tell what's going on. She gets in the car with Gary, and while they're being silent, Dee tells him she couldn't go through with it. Later on that night, Dee goes and finds Eddie, and tells Eddie that the baby is his, but they need to agree that... It needs to be John's for everyone involved. Episode 7, I Dare You. Gina has to cancel a prior engagement with Dee when she tells her that she has to stay home because Rome's not well. He's having stomach issues and keeps doubling over in pain. No one can understand why. While on a call to Maggie about his meds, he doubles over in pain and falls to the floor. Gina runs in, finds him on the floor and immediately grabs his phone hearing someone on the other end. She realises it's Maggie and is unsure why. They eventually get Rome to the hospital and while talking to the nurse, he lets slip that he attempted suicide. He seems uncomfortable talking about it in front of Gina and she's asked to leave the room. Gina keeps suspecting that it's pills, but Rome keeps denying it. They get Rome to drink active charcoal to try and rule out the issue of drugs. He does it reluctantly while being teased by Gary and Eddie who are now in the room with him while Gina is waiting outside. The rest of the gang is also there, out in the waiting room. While out there, Gina speaks with Maggie, and finds out that her and Rome have been talking a lot. She feels a little let down by the fact that Maggie couldn't come talk to her. But Maggie knows it wasn't really her place, so when Gina eventually found out, she was relieved. Rome tells Gary that it's definitely not drugs, and that he doesn't want to die anymore. But he knows that Gina suspects otherwise, so he's doing it for her. Gary tells him he knows it's not drugs, and he knows for a fact that it's a kidney stone. And Rome is taken away for an ultrasound, where it's proven that Gary was right. It was a kidney stone. And after some hilariously painful scenes, Rome (laughs) Rome eventually passes the stone. When Maggie goes off on a therapist who's on the radio, because she feels that this woman's giving bad advice... Gary dares her to call into the show, and, and Maggie tells him that she loves a dare, so she rings in, and when the therapist starts getting a little too close to home, she decides to deflect and challenge Gary to his own dare, which is to set up a lemonade stand and get a selfie with someone who buys from him. Later on, we see them in a restaurant together, and they are talking about the dare, and Gary feels that it's her turn again and she tells him that you didn't do your dare so I want you to grab the microphone in the restaurant and start singing. He tells her this song is going to be a duet so he goes over, grabs the microphone and takes Maggie with him. They sing I'm Still Standing by Elton John but with Gary's made up lyrics from earlier on in the episode. After the performance and a standing ovation from the restaurant, Gary notices bruises on Maggie's arm and realises that the situation's getting worse for her, and the reality starts to hit home. They keep daring, and Gary does a massive thing for Maggie, where he puts a... He spray paints, Maggie was here, on a billboard, downtown. Afterwards, she tells him, give it to me. Give me the biggest dare you can. And he tells her, I dare you to get chemo. She gets angry, and she admits that she's scared. She says she can't keep expecting Gary to do this. Maggie begins to find more bruises later on, and while looking at herself in the mirror, we're unsure of what she's thinking. After the issue with Maggie, Gary takes Danny with him, so Danny can meet his friend Elliot. Elliot is the boy that Danny likes, and they all go and hang out at an arcade. Gary decides to leave the boys and goes and grabs a drink. He's sat in the same restaurant that he and Maggie were earlier, and in walks Catherine, and he sees her with a guy named Hunter guy from her office. She comes over and assures him it's just a colleague and we're just at work and Gary says doesn't matter what it is you deserve to be happy. While at the hospital Dee and Gina also speak that it's Dee's ultrasound that she needs to go to. Eddie decides to step in and goes with her. When Eddie hears his baby's heartbeat for the first time he knows it's not going to be easy for him to try and pretend that the child isn't his but he promises Dee that he'll try. Episode 8, Fight or Flight. Gary and Maggie have split up, and Maggie seems to be having sleeping issues. She keeps dreaming about being in a plane with a man that we haven't seen before, and they're about to crash. At first, the man seems to have control of the plane, but after a while, you see that he starts drinking. He starts in a manner unbecoming of what you believe as a pilot. Gary has started dating again, and is telling the guys about girls that he's going on dates with but all they do is tell him that the perfect girl is waiting for him, meaning Maggie. Gary and Eddie get into it because of the whole Maggie situation, and Gary has a go at Eddie telling him that he should have his back and not Maggie's after everything that he's done for him. The gang are having a gathering at the restaurant to do food tasting for the menu. Both Catherine and and Maggie are also invited, but Catherine gives her usual answer of, Maybe, maybe not. Which the gang takers are no. And Maggie isn't answering. Gary visits Maggie's apartment, but she doesn't answer. She just listens to what he has to say outside the door. She also misses a lunch date session with Rome, and seems to be packing up her apartment. Gary visits Maggie's office, but is told that she's left the practice. Gina goes to Maggie's after hearing about what's happened with Rome. She's furious, because after everything... Maggie was the one that he turned to when he was in need. And now she's not even talking to him. But she tells Gina that she's dying and that she can't see Rome any longer. Gina then tells Rome and Dee about Maggie and they've vowed to help her. Gary goes off to Chicago to try and find Tom. When he does, Tom realises who he is and then thinks that something's happened to Maggie. But Gary tells him he's just there to talk and he just wants his help. Rome, Gina and Dee go over to Maggie's and try to get her to help with the wine selection for the restaurant. Maggie just thinks it's a a reason for them to come over and try and talk about what's going on. But all they do is discuss wines, discuss what meals it could go with, and Maggie realises that they're not there to try and convince her to live. She's realised that she's made some real friends And that this wasn't meant to happen when she moved from Chicago. She was just meant to come to Boston and live her life. But what actually happened was, she came to Boston, went to a support group, met Gary. And now she has these amazing friends that just want to do everything for her. While in Chicago, Gary is told by Tom that Maggie is still hurt by what happened to Chad. And when asked about who Chad is, Tom doesn't really know. Maggie admits to Dee, Rome and Gina that she had someone named Chad in her life that she couldn't help and she doesn't want the guys to have to go through what she's been through but she realises that Dee's already been through this and in fairness so have the guys. Later on Rome goes back and sees Maggie. He inquires about the boxers again which earlier she told them that she was just putting some stuff in storage She confesses to Rome that she's packing the boxes so that when the day comes, her parents don't have to. Rome decides to help her out. While they're packing, Rome tells her that just because she didn't manage to save Chad, it doesn't mean that she hasn't saved someone because she saved Rome. And he asks her to the party and she goes. Eddie has started looking for a new apartment, but when asked to sign the contract, he's told that it's a year's lease and he realises that, That's not what he wants right now. But knows that he doesn't want to live with Gary forever. He goes to see Catherine and shows her that the place that he's picked is going to be safe for Theo. But she thinks he's there fishing for another reason. She thinks that Gary's told him about the other night when she was out with Hunter. Eddie, however, has no idea. But he does tell her the same thing that Gary did. Which is, she deserves to be happy. Eddie then tells Theo that he's moving. Initially, Theo thinks that he's moving back home. And he can't wait. But then Eddie tells him that he's moving out of Gary's into a new place. And he asks, why doesn't Uncle Gary want us? And Eddie has to explain that it's nothing to do with that. That he just needs to be out in his own space. Eddie meets up with Dee, who's in a little bit of a mess. Due to the news that Maggie has put on them. Eddie realises that he's been a bit of a dick to Gary. And then Dee tells him that she doesn't want to lose anyone else. And they kiss. But Eddie backs away and tells them that they shouldn't. Gina rings Catherine and asks her again to come to the party. Catherine agrees and then she goes and finds Hunter and asks if he would want to go with her. While at the party, Rome keeps teasing Eddie about the tall, handsome man that Catherine has brought with her. Gary gives him some good news when he tells him that he can stay with him for as long as he needs. Maggie and Gary talk and Gary is convinced that the guys will back him up if he told them about what Maggie was going through. It was at this point that Maggie told him that they all know and they all support me. And he goes off on them. He tells them that we've already lost a friend. Why are we trying to force another one to just die? We should be trying to get her to chemo and we should be supporting her through all of this. And they tell him that they are supporting her. He also mentions Chad to Maggie, and Maggie flips out at him, because he doesn't know the full story. Gary storms out, and Ashley follows, agreeing with everything that he said. They go off to a bar to drink together. From day one, it has always been the rule that Ashley was off the table when it came to Gary, and John had forbade him from having sex with her. But we see that he ends up back at her apartment. Maggie tells Rome the full story about Chad, and how he was an alcoholic and he was her brother. He got into an accident on a night when she could have been there to save him, but she went out with her friends. She's never forgiven herself for that, and she feels so guilty all the time about it, and it seems that it impacted her career because he had severe depression. Maggie later on agrees to meet Rome on Friday, which feels like a good sign. Catherine takes a walk with Hunter and admits to him that she used him to make her feel better about being around eddie he understands what she did but he also reassures her that she ever wanted a real date he'd be there Catherine goes back to see Gina and thanks her for the fact that she rang. It always feels to Catherine that she's the one who's left out the most. Gina lets out a comment about Dee eating for two. And it's at that point she realises that Catherine doesn't know that Dee's pregnant. So again, she was the last to know. And then the last shot of the episode is Maggie collapsing. Episode 9. Perspective. We have a flashback to Gary playing basketball with the guys including John and he tells them that he's got breast cancer. At first they laugh it off because they think he's joking and then realise that he's absolutely serious. We then see present day that he's still at Ashley's place. It's the night after the party and he looks at himself in the mirror and wishes himself happy one year anniversary since he found out he was in remission. He leaves Ashley's and later on he speaks to Eddie and Rome and tells them that he slept with Ashley. But they ask him if it's wise due to the Maggie situation. But he tells them that she ended things with him. They're all meant to be going to a game that night but Eddie and Rome tell him that they can't make it. And Gary seems to think that everything's falling apart since John died. If John had been there they would have never have done this. In other flashbacks we see that John turns up to every one of Gary's cancer treatment sessions and he supports him through the whole thing. Gary goes to dinner with Ashley, and he remembers something that John told him, that he would outlive John, even during this cancer treatment. And it's at this point that he thinks that John was trying to give him a sign. During the dinner, Ashley keeps mentioning about Barbara Morgan, but like Dee, Gary has no clue who she is either. Eventually, Ashley manages to take him back to his place, and he finds out the reason why the guys bailed on him for the game. They were organising a one-year anniversary party for him back at his, After they celebrate, Gary eventually lets out all his anger about what happened to John and how John was there for him throughout his treatment and how he saved him and how now he's gone, he just left him. An old bandmate of Eddie's turns up, played by Dante Basco, who was Rufio in Hook, which made me smile. He offers Eddie to go on tour with them and they will be opening for the Lumineers throughout the tour. Eddie's hesitant because the guys are drinking and he knows what his past has been like but also he's worried about what's going on at home with Catherine and Theo, as well as the fact that Dee's pregnant with his child. Eddie goes to see Catherine to ask about the tour, see whether it's feasible for him to go. But when he gets to the house, he finds Hunter is there looking after Theo due to the fact that Catherine has been taken into work. Eddie goes to Catherine's office, but we see that she feels like she's missing out on so much. She's trying to make partner, but she knows that she's missing seeing Theo grow up. In a phone call later on, after her interview, Catherine's offered the partnership. But during the interview, she asked if she could make sure that she's home every night for dinner. She doesn't mind working after hours, but she just wants to be home for dinner every night. And due to this stipulation, she's turned down for the partnership. She's relieved at this, as she knows that she's been putting too much time and effort into the job and not enough time into Theo. Gina and Rome are having plumbing issues. So Gina calls in Rome's dad. As discussed previously, Rome's dad's a very manly man and tries to instill this in his son. While out of the room, Rome's dad finds his antidepressants and Rome confesses that he's been having problems. You can see that his dad just wants him to be happy but he doesn't know really how to express himself and just walks away. Dee and Maggie go on a road trip together. Maggie is giving a talk at a college to a bunch of students about complicated bereavements. During the talk, Maggie starts relaying the story about her brother. After she feels that the room isn't really concentrating on what she's saying, this real and raw engagement seems better for the students and more start to listen to her. While at the campus, Dee talks to Maggie about how she feels that she wished she'd spent more time with John and tried to, over the last two years, fight for them when John was becoming more distant. Maggie ends up going to the party to celebrate Gary's one year and she sees the anger that he has towards John and how he gave up. At the end of the episode we see the familiar room where Gary was getting treated for his cancer. The orderly is the same, the music's the same, the four walls are the same, but the patient in the chair is Maggie. Okay, so that was a pretty long one since the fact that I had to go through five episodes but the way that the series kind of goes it doesn't really fit into a like four episode per show structure so yeah i just gotta deal with certain aspects of the ratio of episodes i don't want to do an episode a show because it's there's a lot of stuff that i'm trying to get gonna try and get through in the next couple of months so but yeah and now we know more about the characters so I feel that summing up here is going to be a little bit less me rambling about my own personal life and feelings, but actually about the characters in the show. So I'm going to start with Maggie because, I mean, I fell in love with Maggie as soon as she walked on screen. The, the moment I saw her in that, Cancer support group, I was like, something's going to happen here. Something's going to go on. She's so fucking cool. Um, I love the attitude that she's got towards her life. And sometimes I feel that way. Um, the only thing that ever really usually means I can't do the things that I want to do is generally money, so... But, yeah, I fucking love... Alison Miller just knocks it out of the park. The The amount of times that she's said something or done something on the show that I'm, like, I tear up about or I'm just choked up by. Yeah, I can't get over her. She's so cool. Um... And then there's Gary. Gary's probably the one that I most relate to out of the whole show. Him and Rome. I tend to gravitate towards them. Rome for more the depression side of things, which it's undiagnosed, but it's there. I'm constantly feeling sad about things. I feel a lot of a sadness in my life at times so i i gravitate towards rome for the feeling of just despair at times and feeling trapped and you know i'm working on it I'm getting there but it's tough and then there's gary who he blows up at his friends all the time which i do he's yeah. angry like fucking all the time, which I know I am, Um, and it's due to frustration, it's due to things not working out for him, it's due to struggles that he just can't compute, and I'm, I'm exactly the same, I'm exactly the same, I see things aren't going the way that I wish that they would, and I just, I blow up at things. Um, I don't mean to. But I just get so frustrated by it all. So, I know that's something that I'm having to work on and I'm, I'm trying. I try not to blow up all the time at things. I try not to let things get me down. But, that's life, isn't it? As a good friend of mine says, it's, it is what it is. But yeah, so, yeah, I do see a lot of myself in in those three characters. Um, and then there's the whole D and Eddie situation. I've seen that. I've seen that before, but it tears a group of friends apart when someone within the group has an affair with other members of the group, and it. This is why I love this show so much because there's so much content within it. Within this small group of friends, and I'm like, Yep, yeah, I can see such and such and such and such in that situation, and. I can see myself in this situation. I can see so-and-so in this situation. I'm constantly just, like, seeing situations where I've been through it. I've lived through it. It hurt me. D, almost getting the baby aborted broke me because I've been there. Someone else with did it. And it hurts but it is what it is it, i don't i don't i'm glad she did it because things wouldn't have been good between us but there's days when i just think i could be a dad right now but then there's other days when i'm like thank god i'm not so yeah it's it's a hell of a show to watch, and it's just an emotional roller coaster all the way along. Um, again, episode 9, you know, I'm sat. I've got, I must have cried at least 12 times just watching each show that. Each episode, I am I am an emotional wreck throughout because of everything that's gone on in my life and things that have happened and the way things are. I am not going to name names because God only knows if the people that I actually give a shit about are actually going to listen to this. But maybe one day, you know. And then I've got got one of the best people in the world who's going through some stuff right now that it scares me. I only recently found out about it and it fucking terrifies me now because now I am watching the show and I am like, "Yep, this is me again. Here we are." But yeah, so, but yeah, I, I, I love the development of the characters. I love the fact that Catherine is now seeing someone or getting her life a little bit on track. It's, it's refreshing to see that because I've been that member of a group as well, where everyone's got their shit together and you're just like still plugging away, still plugging away, not happy with the situation that you're getting, but having to do it just to get by. And now she seems to be coming out the other end of it and it gives hope she's had a dark situation, she's had a bad time of things, she's lost the one person that she thought she could talk to all the time, and now it's finally light at the end of the tunnel, and it's weird, you know, I've watched this show for, I mean it's five seasons long, I picked it up middle of the pandemic, Um, so I've watched this show for three years now, and as times went, I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, this is a little bit too close to the bone, but then the little things come into your life, so I listen to another podcast called National Treasure Hunt. And the ladies on that, Emily and Aubrey, keep talking about how they have, I think, called Screams from Parkington Lane, which is based on another podcast. But So what they do is they name things within their life in that week or in those two weeks that they have off that they've had happen to them or that relate to the National Treasure films or the National Treasure TV show. And I'm always like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of it I get, some of it it's a bit Yeah, okay, yeah, that happened. Yeah, you saw someone in a T shirt with it on or whatever. But in this past week, I don't know how many times out of context or out of just nowhere I've seen or heard about the Boston Bruins. I'm like, um I'm, I'm I'm doing a podcast about that, you know, it's it's weird, man. Anyway. That's enough rambling for now, but hopefully the next couple of weeks can bring me some good news with regards to my friend, and my other friend who's ill, and my other friend who's not great. (laughs) If they ever do listen to this, I hope they know that I love them. Anyway guys, if you've made it to the end of this, thank you for listening. It does mean a lot, and you'll hear from me soon when I'll be covering episodes 10 to 13 of season 1 of A Million Little Things, so... Look, I just wanted to add If you are affected by any issues Raised in this show Please speak to someone Well, that's all for now amigos If you managed to make it to the end of my ramblings Thank you And if you want to rate, share, subscribe, comment It's all appreciated Until next time.